Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth with each other, and with a divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. I'm Sharon Varallo. I'm a professor of communication studies at Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois. And communication studies is an interdisciplinary discipline. So some of the things that I'll talk about here probably come from areas outside of calm. So I've learned from psychologists and from economists and from business people and just pretty much many different disciplines can contribute to this conversation on time and how we interact with it in different cultures. I think that Holden is successful in part because it can operate in multiple time orientations. And to explain that, um, I'll tell you a little bit about the some of the major ways that intercultural communication scholars talk about time and culture. And some of those, some of the, the, the primary, when you look at textbooks over the years, there's some things that just continually come up in chronemics, which is the study of time. Chronemics and culture, there's always, always um, a discussion of monochronic and polychronic time orientations. And some, some scholars have you know, presented some other kinds of time orientations as well, but those two are sort of classic, ongoing parts of the literature. And many Americans are are socialized into imagining time from a monochronic orientation. Monochronic, one thing at a time, a linearity that has its own logic and its own ethic even, And so monochronic time is the idea or the understanding that there are, that things have a time. There is a time for all things. Things have a time and, and it can be also called clock time. So in some instances, it's arbitrary that if there's, you know, if it's time for lunch, whether or not you're hungry, it's time for lunch. And so if anyone has ever eaten a meal, not because they were hungry, but because it was time, then that's sort of a monochronic approach to life that says, the clock says, this is what I do. And so mainstream America is based on a monochronic culture where where appointment times are are rigid, where we are, it's very clock time oriented, very clock time driven, that we schedule ourselves um, sometimes out by the minute. And, um, and it's important to know what time is it, what time is it, what time is it, because the clock is what's telling us what to do. And then that is learned. I mean, but there, there are, again, lots and lots of disciplines will tell you about 
how our body responds and what, what biological processes are at play, et cetera. But there are, there are lots of things that we learn too. And so, and, and, and that's what I'm getting at here. So, but we learn it very, very deeply and we hold to it very dearly. That is some people, I mean, our lives are different as a result of believing that we have to know what time it is in order to know what to do. So calendars and clocks are central. So that's monochronic time. Polychronic time is a time orientation wherein you learn to, to do multiple things at once. It's, it's not just multitasking, because I'm a monochronic person and I can multitask, but I'm still doing one thing at a time, just lots of them, right, sort of simultaneously. Um, but still one at a time. In polychronic thinking, there can be multiple operations at once. It's more organic. It's less clock time driven. So I can have a clock and I, I know what time it is. I know how to tell time. But what that means is different. So appointment times are more flexible with polychronic thinking because the thing that's in front of you the meal that you're having, the conversation that you're having, the person that you're talking to, that thing tells you when it should begin or end. And so when I have a start time to something, it's kind of like a suggestion. You know, people in polychronic societies don't, they don't, they're not, there's not as much shame or, um, it's not considered rude or disrespectful to be late because everybody's late because, you know, you had something else going on and, you know, and so it's, it's more, the clock is more, as I said, more of a suggestion, but there's an understanding that people come when it's the right time for them to come and the party begins when it's the right time for the party to begin and the, the business deal is done when the business deal is ready to be done and not because the calendar told you so. And so there's, it's more organic in that sense. Um, and, and so monochronic and polychronic time can make the difference between, you know, um, oh, how do I say it? I mean, mon monochronic societies prize efficiency and productivity perhaps more. And there's, there's perhaps some links to individualism and in monochronic, you know, um, thinking. Um, but one of the things in my sessions here at Holden that I've been trying to, to ask people to do is to substitute something else for the word time. Like if they say, if you value time, because we, and we in monochronic societies often delegitimize a polychronic way of living or being and we'll just say those, you know, those folks, they're just rude or nobody's on time and there's not, there's no work ethic and there's no, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to, to shame, um, people who are late or again, there's this sort of morality that was built into this watch or clock time culture where keep a watch on people be, you know, you should be doing what you're doing. It's a very sort of doing orientation. Um, whereas there's, there's less emphasis on that in, in polychronic thinking and living. There's pro and con to everything. There's pro and con to everything. But Americans tend to 
learn that other people don't value time. When it's not the time, it's the clock time, or it's the clock, or other maybe maybe other cultures don't value constant productivity, right? And that's different than saying they don't value time. But um, but over and over again, you'll hear this: other we we value time, but that means that you're doing something all the time, right? And that's that is not the definition of time. So here at Holden, I have been talking to lots of people about what what time can mean what what time means across various cultures what it can mean and um what we've learned that it means right i i absolutely believe that that once we learn something we can decide if that works for us or not in some ways now i can't just decide that i'm going to work part-time because the structure where I live and work and where I am, I mean, it's a very monochronic society and work is structured in a particular way and there, there, it's, it's hard for me to sort of tone it down and just be fluid with the way that I approach time. I mean, there's, there's be, there would be punishment for me to do that. But I can look at my leisure time, right? Or I can look at some other ways, some other parts of my life where I might have a little bit more um, ability to change things up and ask myself, is unstructured time cool for my kids? Is unstructured time cool for my friendship development? Right? Scholars of relationships say that unstructured time is the most important thing that we need to build. Romantic relationships, friendships, right? That that um, unstructured time is really critical for that. And in a very fast-paced society, we often don't, we just don't, have a lot of that or value a lot of that. When I talk to my students about wasting time, what does it mean to waste time? Inevitably, one student will say, sleeping, right? Or I just just didn't do any, I just hung out with my friends. And And I would challenge us to think uh, really hard about that because some of the most important times for us could actually be in what we ourselves denigrate when we talk about it as wasting time because sometimes you might just need to just hang out by yourself or or hang out with a friend. Um, And if we can't make that into productive hours, it doesn't mean it's a waste of time. Right. So that's been a large part of what I've had conversations about here at Holden. And everybody has a way to relate. It's fascinating. It's wonderful to me that people, people sitting here in Fireside were nurses and architects and you know, social workers and engineers and students and teachers and what have you. And there's always some connection to a profession and the way a profession is run that, you know, time literally is money, right, here, or, or when it isn't, when, when, when some other thing is, is the goal or the measure or the output. So, um... I found most people are really interested in it, and 
And also most people are somewhat unaware of the strength of the learning that we have, that we've encountered. Um, and some of that learning coming from being shamed. You know, you're late. Oh, sorry, I'm late. I'm two minutes late. Oh my gosh, I'm late. And just the, the high expectations that we have with this rigidity, with this, with this scheduling and with, with what that is supposed to say about us as people. Um, so one of the things that I, that I love about Holden is that I believe that it operates, as I said before, I believe it operates both on monochronic and polychronic time in some ways, that this place is very structured. It has a schedule, and I love looking at the schedule. I look at the schedule obsessively. I go to it all the time. It's, you know, telling me what's going on and when and where. And I love that. But it also has time and absolutely creates the space to live in that is not so judgmental about about time in some ways. So there's this sort of built-in, it's okay to sleep when you need to sleep or to have a longer conversation or to just be outside and look at the stars. Um, I think that in some ways this place is successful because, because it manages what most places can't do or won't do and somehow, somehow does it. I, I believe that that's why a lot of people are attracted to Holden Village. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.